This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to visit with one of our favorite guests. We get a chance today to visit with William Walders. William's got this fascinating, fascinating career. We've served more than 20 years in the U.S. Navy. He now serves as the Chief Information Officer and Senior Vice President in Integrated Delivery Network Operations at Health First. He's both a, a technical CIO guy, but also just a brilliant leader. Um, William, we're going to talk a little bit today about where you're most focused this coming year, what the focus has to be for the health system, and a lot more. But, but take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the things you're very excited about currently. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you did a good job. Uh, part of that 22-year military uh, service in the Navy was uh, eight years as a nuclear engineer on submarines and then pivoted into healthcare. So I take a process view from my engineering discipline into how to solve complex problems at scale. So that, that greatly helped me uh, prepare for what inevitably turned into, you know, 14 years in the military doing healthcare, similar roles, operations, and IT, uh, and then uh, for the private sector for the past four. Uh, here at Health First, we're a $2.5 billion integrated delivery network, so all aspects of healthcare, payer, provider, medical group, hospital division, retail services. Uh, you know, we're really excited about the uniqueness of, of who Health First is as an IDN and the ability to truly impact the entire wellness journey, uh, you know, from every aspect of care. So, so that's who we are. That's what we're focused on. Like many health systems, you know, our primary focus is at the moment is increasing efficiency, reducing administrative costs, uh, simultaneously implementing, optimizing our value-based care contracts and structures, um, you know, and really trying to, to control the or bend the cost curve. So, so really those are the things top of mind with my CIO hat on, uh, you know, how do I use technology to enable uh, increased revenue in our cases and not-for-profit health system growth as well as reducing risk. So, so really that's uh, my day in a nutshell. <laughs> no, thank you very, very much. And when you look at sort of this year ahead of you, 2023, what are you most excited about? What excites you? What are you positive about? What's exciting for this year? Yeah, the positive things are, I think we're really focusing as a result of a lot of the constraints health systems are facing. We're focusing on being brilliant at the basics, right? Really taking the opportunity to operationalize successes, to implement operating models that truly are impactful and doing the right thing. You know, there's a saying in, in a lot of healthcare that says volume cures all sins. Um, you know, with the experience that we're in, we're going to, you know, take the positive out of this financial constraint and really focus on standardization, on governance, on taking a, a structured and processed view to how we operate. So for me, that's exciting because that's the world I live in and love from an operations perspective. Um, you know, it leverages the resources we have on our on our teams to to enable that work and ultimately to deliver better health care. And then again, you know, as a wellness company at Health First to ultimately improve the health and wellness of, of those we have the pleasure to serve. And talk for a moment, the old adage, volume cures all ills, was certainly true in sort of the orthopedic, procedural-driven world, the, you know, more 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 heart surgeries, more orthopedic procedures, more this, more that, more GI scopes, more money came in, you could manage the cost well. Is that still true, that volume cures all, or is it much more complicated today given the cost pressures that health systems face and so forth and trying to manage from that old adage to the present day. Yeah, it's much more complex and here's why. There's truly been a shift in the site of care, right? So all those things you, you just referenced, Scott, all those lines of business, MSK, spine, neurology, cardiology, you know, we're decanting a lot of those from traditional hospital systems, right? They're being done in strip malls, they're being done in ambulatory surgery centers, they're being done in private practice. 
So, you know, and these are were the bread and butter of a lot of these health systems. So, you know, kind of back to why that's complex is you've got to think of creative ways to meet the market demand of that shift in care. That shift of care is in a home in some instances, again, in, in you know, alternate sites of delivery. So for us, you know, we, we are choosing to partner for some of those lines of business. We're choosing to create them ourselves, certainly healthcare at home, hospital at home, wellness at home, uh, as well as some of the other partnerships we've had to, to, to better uh, capture what would be the, the lost revenue or in our words, growth of those lines of business. So that's where it adds to the complexity, uh, you know, and that's why the volume's not there. I'll be candid, right? It's not like a bunch of health systems started up overnight. In fact, the inverse has occurred. We've been merging and acquiring. Um, you know, it, it's not that people don't need the procedures, although there is some loss in confidence that we're regaining back as a result of the fear folks had of healthcare systems during COVID. And, and those volumes are going to trickle back to, to the handful of you know, single digits, probably, uh, of volumes are driven by people just putting off these procedures. But but genuinely, I think a lot of that demand has, has gone outside of the walls of the traditional healthcare system. So the complexity there of finding ways to get it back or partner is, is uh, why that's nuanced. And, and take a moment on this. You had mentioned a $2.5 billion plus system or so. You know, 10 years ago, that would have qualified as a mega system. Any system above a billion dollars would have qualified as a large system. Now yeah. that qualifies as a small to mid-sized system. And small is not not small because you've got all these independent community access hospitals, all kinds of other things, critical access hospitals, community hospitals that would really fit that small category, let's say $100 million or less, but certainly mid-size and, and, and not even on the huge mid-size area. How do you think about those issues? Does the size you're at give you the size you need to take risks and at the same time, the size give you the agility you need to move quickly? How do you sort of view that spot? Like I've heard some systems, $1 billion to $5 billion systems, you know, quite frankly, be more pleased with the position they're in than others because they still have a lot of agility at that size and flexibility. What are your thoughts on size? You guys talk about it a lot? No, we do. We absolutely do. And I agree with that agility, right? We've got four very distinct lines of business, our health plan, our medical group, our hospital division, our retail services. So we do see opportunity for growth in three of those four. You know, while Florida has removed the certificate of need to grow hospitals, we we are not building additional hospitals. We're replacing one that you know was damaged during a storm, but otherwise we're not building that. But where we really see growth opportunity and as a result of this agility in our size is growing our health plan across the state of Florida, growing our MSO, uh, you know, capturing lives, capturing physicians as part of our, our medical group, uh, as well as our retail services, in particular in a world where it's consumer-centric and co consumer-driven. So because of that agility and uniqueness of, of Florida and geography and where we're located on the Space Coast, uh, we do have a pretty significant growth plan and model that uh, is holding course. And so we're very optimistic, um, you know, to, to that growth number. When you look at yourself, you've had this magnificent transition of careers, a couple different careers. And I know they overlap because a lot of it's in healthcare either way, but between the U.S. Navy and then being in this obviously just, um, you know, layperson world, what have you, outside of the, the <laughs> Navy, outside of the military, any advice you would have? And, and, and you have this incredible positivity and enthusiasm every day. Is that just... Is that just natural to you? Do you have to work at that at all? And any advice to people on careers and, and yeah. looking at thriving? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll go with the last thing first, the the, the open positivity. You know, I, I lived in a world where I was shot at, <laughs> where I had mortars flying over my head in Afghanistan and 
you know, and then I was the, the great benefit of being the CIO at Walter Reed and getting congressional and senatorial and even presidential phone calls at times to solve urgent problems. Uh, and the old adage I had there was when everything's a crisis, nothing's a crisis, right? So, you know, not sweating these things. It's just another problem that you'll inevitably solve. It's being articulate and communicative. You know, keeping a positive outlook, I think, helps me sort through that. Uh, you know, now you call delay side or what the commercial side or traditional healthcare. Um, my my problems today are nothing like they once were. Again, I'm not being shot at, right? So it's uh, it's overly trivial, and I guess that's just around perspective. Um, so you know, for me, that transparency, that candor, that energy, it really enables, um, I think, the right approach to starting to solve complex problems. Thank you. No, we think we think that's fantastic. And take a moment on career advice or professional yeah. advice. Being excited about professions. The simplest advice I have here is is know your worth and don't say no, right? So know what you're capable of, know what you could contribute. Um, and then when you're given opportunities, don't say no to them. I mean, I came here uh, at Health First in particular to to really turn around some things on the, on the basic side of IT. It within a year was offered operations responsibilities around supply chain, clinical engineering, the in enterprise project management office, process improvement and lean. And it would have been real easy to say, no, you brought me here to be CIO and I've got a three-year journey still ahead of me to kind of stabilize things. I didn't say no, right? And got these additional opportunities, grew personally, um, second order effect with you know, the great synergies that all that purview aligns with, or removes a lot of barriers, et cetera. So you know, be open-minded, don't say no, don't pigeonhole yourself. The truth is that you start, you're a leader, right? We're all leaders in some capacity. You're leading teams at every level. Uh, and health systems or otherwise, leverage that expertise, um, be creative, and then don't say no and ask to do hard things. No, I think that's magnificent advice. I'll share it with my children if we get off the podcast. I, I, I want to thank you again, William, for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. To me, it's always inspiring, inspiring following you, and I appreciate you joining us. We'd love to have you on regularly. William Walders, uh, Chief Information Officer, Senior Vice President of IDN, uh, Strategy Operations, et cetera, at Health First in Florida. I love that term, the Space Coast, where Cape Canaveral is and so forth. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Uh, thank you, Scott. It's always a pleasure and uh, looking forward to the next one.